Welcome to Shock Your Potential, business podcast meets radio talk show. My guests are everyday people trying to make a difference in leadership, sales, and customer service. I apply the tell me more principles from my book to help each person facilitate a solution that works for them. Join us today as we meet another great person trying to make a difference in this world. Good morning and welcome again to Shock Your Potential, the business podcast that focuses on excellence in leadership, sales, and the customer experience. And if you've been listening for a while, you know that I like to have a variety of guests and companies on the podcast because I think it gives us not only a greater appreciation for what's going on out there in the world, but it really helps us to root us in I guess kind of opening our eyes to how we can impact other businesses, other people in our communities. So today I have a really interesting guest and organization on company today. Uh, my guest is Andrea Reich, and she is with a company called Mobile Apps for Charity. And so I think you're going to find this very intriguing. I've, I've really enjoyed learning a little bit more about this company, but today we're going to do this together. So welcome, Andrea. Hello. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for joining me. So why don't you, you know, rather than me give an intro to you, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and the company that you work for? Thank you, Michael. I am the marketing director for Mobile Apps for Charity. And this is an interesting organization that was started about three years ago by a gentleman named Dave Mullins. And his goal, he was really coming from his core, basically thinking that he wanted to impact local community nonprofits, but also he wanted to do that through using small businesses because he came from an entrepreneurial sales background. And so the idea is to help nonprofits kind of integrate their cause within their local community and let the community, you know, know what it is they do, whether they, you know, save animals or whatever it is that their cause is. But he found that most nonprofits, what they struggle with is they lack the time and money. Basically, that's the two biggest kind of components that they lacked. So he was trying to figure out a way to basically solve that problem for them, help them do whatever it is they're trying to accomplish, whatever their cause is, and somehow be able to basically feel that. That's where kind of the concept came from. What we do is we build mobile apps for nonprofit organizations at no cost to them. Kind of the idea behind that is they they lack time and money, and so this is giving them a technological tool that they can use for free. But then what we do is get local small businesses to sponsor different components of the app so that that's what ends up um, paying mobile apps for charity for their time for building the app. So it's kind of a full circle concept that Dave basically came up with. And it's really sort of unique because I don't know that that's something that I've heard of before. It's kind of like to say we're in the industry of, you know, mobile apps. It's like, well, that's kind of it, but it's a little bit more on the lines of cause marketing where this is a small business that wants to support their local charity. Well, they're doing it by giving them these technical tools through the mobile app. Absolutely. So then it becomes not only a win-win for the small business owner and the charity, but it also becomes, I don't know, maybe this is me putting words in your mouth, but maybe a little bit more, um, not palatable, but easier for a business to do this if they're also gaining some marketing benefit from this? Exactly. Because with social media marketing, a lot of companies were used to kind of 
tooting their own horn <laughs> and saying, you know, we do this, we do that, we do this, which which is okay. But with on social media, it's much, much more effective to have, say, a local nonprofit say, thank you so much for sponsoring our mobile app, you know, Joe's Car Dealership. That is so much more powerful than, you know, Joe's car dealership talking about everything that they do. It's just, it's like that third party verification or, or, um, sounds like it's kind of maybe an endorsement without you. Yeah. Validation without you having to toot your own horn. Exactly. That's, that's what it is. And so that's what we, that's kind of what, where Dave came up with this concept. Of course it was, it's very easy to find nonprofits that, you know, would like, this kind of service. But what we're finding is there's so many small businesses that are really excited about it because they may have a cause that's already kind of near and dear to them anyway. Right. So then you can really partner together and make a difference that, that helps both. It's very unique. um, And I do like the concept. And, and uh, as you and I were speaking just briefly before we hit the record button, uh, long, long ago, I worked in the nonprofit sector uh, for an organization. And then I volunteered for many years uh, with various nonprofits and fundraising was always the biggest challenge and still is today. You know, I mean, we've gone through, you know, different phases where, you know, people would just donate, you know, they would, uh, you know, maybe you were tied to United Way. There was lots of easy ways to do it. Then we kind of went through the realm of all these, you know, large scale fundraisers and black tie events, you know, with, uh, um, you know, where we're auctioning things and, you know, but I think at some level people, I don't know if they got tired of that, but it, it doesn't seem to have the same, uh, visibility anymore. And I think it's because we're so busy. We have so many other, you know, ways that our time is taken up that, you know, making that physical, uh, you know, being physically present for a charity event to have large scale funding is difficult. And yet you still have to have funding in order to keep your doors open and be able to save the animals or save the birds or, you know, make a difference in cancer research, whatever it is. So a lot of people are vying for that same time. So you you're finding that this is really getting traction on both ends of the spectrum. Exactly. Because some, sometimes, you know, people would just rather basically write a check and say, go ahead. You know, I don't have the time, but here I'd love to support your cause. And kind of from the nonprofit standpoint, as you said, it seemed like a lot of your time was taken up with even coordinating those events and all that rather than doing what the nonprofit, you know, set out to do. So you're, you're trying to, you know, basically come up with financial resources to do what you want to do. And that stops you from doing what you wanted to do. <laughs> it's very true. Yeah. And it's, you know, it becomes such a, uh, I think that's a great way to look at it. There's so much time in those fundraising events that if it, you're distracting from what you're trying to do, then then you have a, a watered down effect of your mission. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So that's what Dave, where Dave came from this idea. And he is incredibly generous with his time and expertise. And I mean, he's got years and years of experience, just, you know, running small businesses in all different aspects of um, basically running small businesses. And he's incredibly generous with a lot of these nonprofits, because again, you usually come, um, especially with the small, much smaller nonprofits, um, you come with somebody who maybe a handful of people who are really passionate about a cause, but that, but then that's where maybe their business expertise ends. So some of the concepts of, you know, just 
allocating resources and just different things like that, that Dave gives and offers to them, it's so valuable. And, and that's not even part of, you know, what we do, but that's just kind of inherent in his personality. <laughs> right. So then let me ask you this, cause you know, uh, you know, my podcast is called shock your potential. So I'm always looking for ways that, you know, we shock people or we shock our own opportunity or our own potential for greatness since, uh, since the inception of this concept, you know, do you have an example of how you've, you know, really shocked either, you know, a nonprofit that's joined or a small business that's joined where they've gone, wow, that really did make a difference for us? I, I can't think of a specific example of the actual nonprofit, but it seems overwhelmingly what their response has been is, I just kind of thought that you were going to build me this app and give it to us and then, you know, go, hey, here you go. Thanks. And and then, <laughs> and then leave. And then um, another tool that they don't know how to implement yeah, or have the time exactly. to. <laughs> so then it's like, okay, you just added to my to-do list of something else. And that's where, like I said, Dave and his generosity, his support goes above and beyond that with suggestions of, hey, maybe you could use this to, you know, as a communication tool to reach your volunteers because you have to, you know, mobilize your volunteers every Saturday for something or whatever it is. And those type of suggestions, I think they didn't realize that they were going to get kind of expert advice along with a free mobile app that's built for them. It was kind of above and beyond. And then for the small business side, uh, one component that we started to do for nonprofits was doing what's called a, inbound lead generation. And we do that through LinkedIn. And we were doing that again to kind of expand on for the nonprofits to find donors, to find volunteers, to to basically spread their message. And we found that's something that obviously small business owners would like. I mean, lead generation is lead generation. So uh, exactly. So it was, it, it, came about as to try to expand the networks of the nonprofits. And then kind of the light bulb went on. That's a great benefit to our small business owners if we could also do that. So we offer um, basically a service to small business owners where we do lead generation for them using LinkedIn and specialized licensed software. Very good. So, so what does that mean? So let's say for me, so I'm, you know, a speaker, I'm a writer, you know, I'm trying to obviously sell more books. I want to have more people listen to my podcast. I want to, you know, get invited more often to speak at different, uh, you know, companies and their, their groups. What, what would that mean for me? What we would do to start out is we would say, who is it that you're trying to target? I mean, just like with any kind of marketing effort, you want to think who is your target audience. So if you're deciding, um, I need to speak to, say it's a geographic area, or it's a certain industry that you're wanting to get involved in, or whatever that is, you give us that those kind of guidelines at the beginning, and we tailor kind of the messaging based on that. So we would say, like, say, on LinkedIn, you and I are say connected on LinkedIn, and I would use the software to say, when, once we've targeted whoever it is you're targeting, and I would message them saying, "Hey, I've noticed what you do. I think you might be interested in you know something that Michael has going on." Basically, kind of a nod to say, "Hey, I think this is somebody that you should connect with." What that does is it 
it's again, almost that third party validation of somebody else saying, oh, hey, this seems like somebody that maybe you should get in touch with, rather than you just kind of cold calling or cold messaging, if you will, (laughs) everybody and just saying, hey, Mm -hmm. let's connect. Because it's, again, me saying, okay, I I think this is somebody you should connect with. And then we can set up the messaging so that maybe the next message is like something else relevant to what they do. And if you'll allow me, one of the things that I'm going to do is with, uh, and maybe this will make it a little bit more clear. Yes. Because this is kind of an, uh, it's an, it's a unique concept is we're, we're possibly going to be start doing mm-hmm. this with um, an insurance agent that's local here. And, and the reason why her eyes kind of lit up is because she's got some very specific targets that she's trying to reach. Um, one is kind of her geographic area, but also she's specifically looking for small businesses have been in business for about three years or so because and I didn't know this, with insurance, when you start a business, that first year, they figure out what your risk is and your rates are set at a certain rate. After about three years, your risk your risk has gone down significantly. However, your rate maybe have, has stayed the same. So you're not, as the small business owner, you see your expenses staying the same. You're going to be like, okay, great. Everything's great. But they could be going down. And so what she would be, tar- so what we would do is be targeting small businesses that have kind of basically are at that three to five year mark because they can significantly lower their insurance rates. So that's kind of what we're doing. And we're actually crafting that right now for her to, to, to figure out exactly how to target them. And then another kind of aspect of her audience, I think it's small business owners with like 50 or fewer employees. And she would be wanting to be in touch with the benefits coordinator or the HR director's to, to actually coordinate because she's with MetLife and they have all these programs where if the group signs up for medical and dental and whatever, you can also get your homeowners and your car insurance and all that stuff put under one and, and it kind of makes it convenient. And then you get discounts because you're with the group and all sorts of stuff like that. And that's something that she's trying to target. So that's, those are two like really easy ways that we can say, okay, well now we know how to craft that message for you. In your situation, what we would do before we had, before we started kind of the whole process is we would really talk with you and say like, who exactly are you trying to contact? So if you say, well, it's small business owners or it's, you know, people looking for say sales coaching or like sales managers or whatever it is, you would help us kind of hone that down so that we'd be able to target who it is that you actually want to connect with. For the last several years, you know, I've worked at a much different level. And although I've owned my own business before, it's it's a new um, situation for me because the world is much different. Uh, you know, I uh, I'm old enough to remember a time before cell phones. <laughs> I, yes, I remember when I really thought, you know, having a cell phone was going to make me so much more productive. And now, I, God, some days I want to throw it away. But um, you know, what I'm learning about, you know, this world that we interact with today, it's vastly. different different and it's fun to learn about different things that can move my business forward. But even as you're talking, uh, running through my head are a number of the people that I have interviewed for this podcast so far that, you know, are in a very similar situation to your, uh, you know, your gal that sells insurance, you know, a very, you know, looking for that specialized niche, maybe not knowing exactly how to go about it. So, you know, many of us still do a shotgun approach where, you know, really having a finer laser, uh, you know, laser sight will help us to uh, reach our goals faster and more succinctly. Right. And there are a lot of 
in any industry, there's usually some lead generation that you can pay for where you're, where you're purchasing leads. And um, what I was surprised about is I was explaining this to her and I wasn't, I was just explaining it to her as a concept, not to try to sell her. She's a friend of mine. So it wasn't as if I was, you know, and she's my insurance agent, Um, (laughs) but I wasn't trying to sell her on it, but her eyes lit up because she's like, those are, they're not cold leads. Those are people that actually say, Hey, you know, I'm kind of interested. I'm interested in hearing about that. So there is a warmer lead and you've already got kind of the validation of somebody, you know, not necessarily recommending them, but just being like, Hey, I think you should talk to this person, you know, almost like a referral. Yes, absolutely. In fact, it's funny too, as you're talking, I have, I have a very good uh, friend um, who is an, is a real estate agent and her husband just uh, quit his job to join her. And the two of them are, you know, are, she's already been very successful and I know he will be very successful with her. So it's funny how many things are rolling through my mind with that because, you know, at the end of the day, we all need to build our businesses and we want to do it in a way that's smart, but we also want to make sure that, uh, you know, that our message is, is delivered the right way to the right people at the right time with the right frequency. Right. And real estate is, I was in mortgage for about a year or so and real estate and mortgage are kind of slowly getting into this whole online marketing because that's, it's uh, that those two industries specifically are kind of the old school, like you got a cold call, you got to make, you know, X, X number of calls per day and you've got to do this and you got to do that and you got to do that. And it's like, well, what about if we tried to do all that online and and it wasn't such a cold call? So, you know, so it's not just me kind of shotgunning an entire neighborhood and saying, hey, does anybody want a realtor? <laughs> I get uh, my husband and I bought this house uh, five and a half years ago where we live and um, at least once or twice a month, we get this, you know, handwritten envelope um, from this realtor that, you know, always wants to know if we want to sell our home. And it's, I mean, there's cards in there. It's a very expensive piece of, uh, you know, of marketing. She has, and every time I get it, I I keep saying, I'm going to just call and say, just take us off the list because we're not only are we not going to sell, but you're wasting your money. And if I do, I've already got my favorite people that are going to be my, my real estate agent. But I just look at it every time and I shake my head and think, oh, honey, you need to have a different platform for this. It doesn't work anymore. So you could shock her, you could shock your own customer service by turning that on its ear and just literally calling her saying, you know, I appreciate, I, I appreciate how high quality your marketing is, all of that type of stuff, but please save your money because that is never going to happen. Yeah, you're right. And you know what? Now I will make that commitment because I bet you, you know, what'll be funny. I'll probably get one in the mail today. <laughs> well, and, and I think, and what it is, is because that is also easier, even though it's more expensive, it's also easier to just blanket a whole area and just kind of cross your fingers and hope for a 0.05% conversion rate. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. But that's, that's easier than maybe, you know, kind of putting yourself out there and, and talking to people and, and whatever. So, so that's why they do it. So let me turn the table a little bit and uh, ask you some questions that are more focused on you. And, you know, specifically, if you've, you know, heard my uh, podcast before, you know that I always want to know, you know, is there an 
an episode, an experience, something that sticks out in your mind where you have had a shockingly great example of a sales situation, a customer service situation, maybe a leadership example that, uh, you know, that sticks with you and makes a difference in who and what you are today. I certainly, in terms of customer service, I'm my own sort of secret shopper, if you will. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, just because I really, I really appreciate it and I notice, you know, really high levels of customer service. So one thing that was pretty shocking to me is we live in Minnesota and there's a small regional airport up here uh, near St. Cloud. And my parents spend their winters in Arizona and come back and forth and fly out of that airport. When I say it's a small regional airport, I can't It is a small airport. (laughs) There's usually only one plane there because there's only one plane going in and out. Yes. You park for free. You basically, you know, you walk right up and you're, you're right there. Well, so a few months ago when I came to pick them up at the airport, the airport was packed and I was thinking, what? what's going on? I mean, we're not, it wasn't near a holiday. I couldn't figure out what was going on. So I had to park really far away and go inside and there's lines everywhere. And you, you don't normally see that. There's usually, you know, two people in line to check in and then, and then you literally walk, you know, the terminal's right there. You walk right into security. (laughs) Yeah. You walk right into security. You know, you can't take one extra step because then they're like, are are you checking in? (laughs) Uh, So anyway, so anyway, I get in there, and like I said, lines everywhere. And I, my parents' uh, flight was, I think, 25 minutes late or something like that. And so I was just kind of sitting there. And so I was slowly picking up on kind of what the conversation was and kind of getting, you know how you can feel that energy of something has happened, <laughs> something's mm-hmm, going yeah. on, there's a vibe here, and but it wasn't angry. This is from all the passengers. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden... In the door walks a pizza delivery person with like 20, <laughs> 20 some pizzas. And they set it up like right at the, uh, at the front there. And they say, you, and then they make the announcement, their x-ray scanner machines had broke. So when oh. you went through security, they had to like go through each piece of your carry-on. And I mean, basically have to pat you down. to right. But also all your check-in baggage they had to go through by hand and so Uh, it was slowing them down remarkably so the airport staff went went above and beyond ordered pizza for the entire place and said hey come on come everybody help yourself we know it's been kind of delayed and i think there's normally a a small little area there that you can get food but that place wasn't open that day mm -hmm. and so so (laughs) so they were like okay you know what we're gonna nip this in the bud right now and for for what the situation was, you would have expected people to just be more irritable and just more, you know, but I, I don't know if it was the, the way they had handled, you know, the situation before then, but then to come in and bring everybody pizza. I mean, it was just, oh it was just sort of like, does that happen? I mean, it might be a Minnesota thing. I mean, <laughs> Minnesota, nice. Oh, Minnesota. <laughs> oh, crepes, yeah. But but it that was above and beyond. I mean, that is, yeah. I mean, that is in a, in a travel situation. <laughs> and and travel, yeah. And as we all know, travel can be extremely stressful, even in a small airport like that one. And it is adorable, actually. I think it's one of the cutest places. <laughs> so well, strangely, strangely enough, I've actually uh, been there, so I do know what we're talking about. 
Well, yeah, and so that's why it was. It was just. It was an odd situation all around, but it was shocking. I mean, I and I think that's you know a testament to either how the how the airport staff is trained, or maybe it was the the airlines staff. I'm not sure, but everybody seemed to be working together, and somehow it worked. And what could have been just chaos turned into like a big pizza party. Yeah. And I think it's, you know, that's the thing. Um, You know, I write a blog every day called Thoughts from the Coffee Table. Um, And the reason I name it that way is that every morning when I write it, I'm sitting with my coffee on my coffee table trying to decide what I'm going to write about that day. But I only write about great experiences. And and so I started my, you know, little hashtag of Secret Shopper Michael, because it's, uh, to your point, I look at everything through those eyes. And I'm like, everything is an opportunity to shop it and see. And if I, that experience that you shared is fantastic on so many levels, but so much because just something so simple, not only impacted you, but every person in that airport probably is still talking about it to this day. Well, exactly. And then it, and then it expands. I mean, I'm about that. It's like, whatever you put out, it, it magnifies and you attract more of it. So it's like, imagine the impact they had and all those people that pretty much everybody there goes to Arizona from here, everybody's going to Arizona, but sometimes, you know, they're going on to different locations too, but it's like, then that spread everywhere and look at what they just did. So looking now, this is the most fun. I have so much fun with this question with everybody. So looking back on your life and career, um, and you know, looking to the different things that you've done personally in your life, if you could give yourself, your younger self, your earlier self, a bit of advice that would have shocked your potential faster, farther, you know, one, it's always one of those things. If I could go back in time and, and do this differently or do more of this or whatever it is, what, what would it be? What kind of advice would you give to your younger self? That's a great question. Um, kind of basically two different things. The first being, um, I, I'm going to tell another story. That's actually, good. <laughs> um, I, I attend a lot of different networking things, and this one uh, thing that was put on by actually by a title company was a book club where they would choose a book, and then we every week we'd get together and talk about the book. And the book that we had read in this one was Michael Mayer's The Seven, La- La- Seven Levels of Communication. Mm-hmm. And have you read it? Yes, it's a great book. Great book. And the concept, I mean, there's so many great little tidbits and tips and stuff in there, but the biggest one was time blocking. And if I could have told myself, and it's still something that I, it's a challenge to do because I haven't fully committed to doing, to time blocking. But if I could do that, it's remarkable what you can get done in a day. Um, And kind of along those same lines, what we were saying about, you know, not having cell phones back in the day, <laughs> they actually make us less efficient because we're getting interrupted all the time. And so kind of along the same lines with that time blocking is on my voicemail, I had said, it was kind of a long voicemail, but it basically said that I return emails from this time to this time, you know, and I, and I kind of basically gave a schedule of when I would be returning their call so that if I was in the middle of something, my phone was off, turned off. And so I wasn't interrupted. And I mean, just that, it sounds simple. It's kind of, I mean, it's almost like, oh, you don't get interrupted while you're in the middle of something and it makes you more efficient. Like, really? Exactly. <laughs> that's exactly what it is. And, and if I could have learned that 25 years ago, holy moly. Mm, I agree. I'd be, 
I'd be president. <laughs> you wouldn't want to be. <laughs> Who would no, want no, that? No, 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 definitely do not want to be president. Um, and then kind of the other side of that, I said there was two things. The other side of that is when you're young, you kind of think that you have to be a certain way. Like I got my business, uh, uh, my bachelor's in business administration. So I thought, okay, now I'm, I've got to be in business. So I have to be businessy. <laughs> and it, and I, I would have told myself, like, just still be yourself. And you, you always hear people saying, like, just be yourself. But it's really true. Like, I tend to have a lot of personality and sense of humor a little bit and stuff like that. And it's like, and I felt like you had to turn that off. Yeah, if you uh, if you ever look at my website, uh, I I have a lot of fun with it because I I just decided kind of the same thing a couple years ago. Just just be who I am all the time. And sometimes people love it. And sometimes they think I'm crazy. But uh, you know, I I've spent the last couple months knowing that I wasn't doing much traveling um, from November through December, uh, and I you know kind of let my hair get a little, you know, try to uh, repair it a little bit. But on uh, Friday, I go back to, uh, you know, my crazy hair colors and, you know, I have fabulous weird shoes and, and uh, you know, because I, I think I'd like to prove the point that I can talk about serious business issues, but you're never going to forget me because when I get my hair done on Friday, it's going to be a deep blue oh, and nice. purple. And, <laughs> and sometimes it's hot pink and sometimes it's got every color in the world in it, but it's just my way of showing, I think that, you know, you can have, you can still be taken seriously, but not take yourself too seriously. Exactly. And be, and, and be taken seriously and, and kind of, it's almost not tongue in cheek, but almost tongue in cheek to be like, I can be articulate and still have fabulous hair. <laughs> exactly. Right? That's why I would say I have fabulous hair and right. shoes. And I mean, that's, uh, that's who exactly. I'm known for. I was going to say, as you were talking though, too, I thought I'd, I'd share something with you because I, I agree the time blocking I have tried to do from, from many years and it doesn't work as well for me. Um, and I think it's because I'm, you know, I've just got so many balls in the air at all times, which is not an excuse. I've gotten better at it. But one of the things that um, I did this last year is I spent a lot of time, you know, uh, researching for myself, you know, different aspects of how to do a podcast or, you know, really, how do I want to market myself in my business? And I came across John Lee Dumas's um, a couple different things. And first I got involved with him because of what he does with a podcast to learn about it. Two different books. One was the Freedom Journal, which was, it's a hundred day challenge basically to achieve your top goal. So I went through those hundred days and did that and loved it. But the second one is this mastery journal that he has. And I'm, I'm, just a few weeks into using this, but it's this segment where basically you break your day into four hour sessions. And in each one, you have a major issue that you're going to accomplish and you decide how much time you want to focus on that and what's the rest time in between. But during that time, you know, my phone, my timer goes on my phone all my uh, my email is closed. My ringers are off. Every other website is down. And whether or not it's focused writing, or maybe I'm doing like right now, I'm writing a couple different articles for different uh, trade magazines. You know where I'll say for this 45 minutes when we get done taping this, I'm going to finish. Um, you know a trade journal article that I started yesterday in one of those you know 45 minute blocks. And the the difference it's made to me is that 
okay, this I can do. <laughs> and this allows me to have some freedom and flexibility. But once, since I started this, my, my effectiveness and my, uh, I guess, discipline and productivity has just gone through the roof. Through the roof, right? I mean, in what you're able to get done, because it's almost like it's more manageable. Like if you said you're like, if it's 45 minutes per session that, that you're basically devoting strictly to writing to, um, yep. it, it, but that's a manageable chunk. You know, whereas if you if you said, okay, I have today to get that done, that's too vague. It's too big and it's too overwhelming. Whereas forty five minutes, it's it's like putting in your time on, you know, on a bike, on an exercise bike. You know you can do that and then your your mind can completely focus on that. Absolutely. So it's very fun and I think it's it's very manageable as as long as we, you know, give the attention in the right direction. Exactly. So my last question for you is this. So if you had to sum up with mobile apps for charity, the greatest challenge you guys face right now as an organization, whether it's, you know, I don't know what it is. It could be about, you know, with your uh, nonprofits, it could be with the small businesses, it could be attracting new clients. You know, what's, what's the number one, the biggest challenge that you face that once you master it or overcome it, that it's going to shock the potential of this business farther and faster? Um, I think the biggest thing is the biggest challenge is shifting the paradigm um, for nonprofits of living in a hand to mouth existence. Like you'd mentioned when you worked at your nonprofits and it was all your time was spent fundraising and doing events for fundraising and focusing around fundraising and living from grant to grant, maybe, or donation to donation. And it's, it's an, it's the concept of shifting that and being like, Hey, let's, let's move from that. And maybe we'll take care of some of some component of that for you, and then you can do what you do. That's you know, it, it's it's a way to. Sh it's definitely a a shift in mindset from being like, oh, maybe we can sort of live in abundance a little bit more. <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, I like that. Yeah, and then and then also educating nonprofits that that there's maybe a better way to share some of the things they do, you know, rather than. I keep going back to your uh, idea of, you know, the events, because that, that's what I think. I lived in Vail for many, many years, and Vail has many, many, many black tie charitable events that are just big deals. And a lot of times, you know, a lot of the nonprofits will have pictures of that. And that's kind of almost like a marketing type sales thing, if you will, for the nonprofits. And it's like, we're trying to shift them a little bit more on how about if we... Uh, rather than showing how successful you were in raising funds, let's show how successful you were in using those funds to what your nonprofit's mission set out to do. Doing that through like small little videos, like say say somebody is an animal advocate or something like that. And, and you show, you know, pictures or videos or ways to show, hey, these are this is what we're doing. These are the ones that actually win when when we all contribute and support this nonprofit. Yeah, very good. I like that. And, and I think that it's a continuing, it's kind of a continuing mission, um, but it also shows uh, the evolution of where nonprofits sit in, in the business world today and in our views of them for those of us who try and, and donate and support, you know, that got everything's got to evolve. If you're not growing, you're dying. <laughs> right. Yep. Adapt or die. Right. And so, and then kind of on the other end of that for the for small businesses, it's like to show them this concept of corporate social responsibility, which is this idea that, you know, businesses support nonprofits. Well, that doesn't have to just be, you know, huge 
Fortune 500 companies. It could be your small little insurance agent in a small rural town, you know, and each of us help. In, and, and that's much more personal, too, because then it's your community. It's these are your neighbors. These are the people that you're going to see at the grocery store, <laughs> you know, and that's and that's that's how small businesses are built. And that's how, you know, they prosper is by those relationships and stuff like that. We'll keep, and we hope strive to make that stronger between them and then their charitable work through their nonprofit. Andrea, I am so glad that we took the time today to learn more about your organization as well as you personally. And uh, I know that there's a number of my listeners and several of my, uh, my guests that have been on thus far that will be very interested in what you do. So I'm sure you'll be getting some connections from that. Um, thank you so much for joining me today. It has just been a pleasure and I hope to uh, hear more from you in the future. Thank you so much for your time, Michael. It was great chatting. Thank you very much. 